baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thanks for listening to the Sinner and Saint, brother. On demand. A Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all of your heating and air conditioning needs. And air conditioning needs. Needs, needs, needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. The fan. The fan. Go to servicepatriots.com. Luke Anderson, astronaut, a man barely interesting. I just picture you sitting on the rail at a strip club eating a Lunchable. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. I I love you, but you're saying that this little old man, this dude was a clean 6'6". We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland on Saturdays about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Sportsier. Funnier. More Labradoodles. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Map and 1080thefan.com. Hey, hey, hey! Happy Saturday morning, all you beautiful radio listeners. Can you hear us? Hope you're having a wonderful start to your weekend. It's been a rough week. Let's check it with the most important man, ladies and gentlemen, it's Will Darkins. Will, if people are having trouble hearing us, it is a uh, transmitter issue with the AM dial. Switch over to the Odyssey app or HD2 uh, 99.5 FM, and you can hear us just fine there. Don't hey, don't make it worse by being stupid. Up the over-under. Nobody needs your help. Everybody needs my help. Uh, for everything. For everybody, for everything needs your help. They need to make sure. Calling attention to your flaws is not always the smartest way to start things off. What do you mean a flaw? Well, if, if we have if we have some issues with the broadcast, uh, you don't need to make it worse by making fun of it. We're trying our best. We have other options. 99.5 HD2. Odyssey app, both mm-hmm. working just fine. Uh, Vancouver Ford text line. This was three hours ago. Yeah, this is when Dari and Mel were in here. By the way, it stinks. Yeah, I think they were eating something unique. You don't think that's just Dari? Nope, strange foods. They were doing us like uh, one of those, uh, you know, bits. Oh. The strange food. Oh, things. strange food bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vancouver Ford text line. God, your station sucks. P1, listen for hours a day, and you don't make it easy. Well, yeah, okay. Again, you This don't... is what the fans are saying. I'm well aware of it. I, I mean, it well, doesn't I matter was... what we're saying. Nobody can hear us right now. I was listening on the way in. Did you switch it over to 99.5 HD2? No, I turned it off. It was well, annoying. Take... I don't have an HD radio, Luke. Not all of us are high rollers. What? You should get one. And if you don't have one, you do have your phone. Do you have Bluetooth? Bluetooth? Odyssey app, brother. Play right there in the auto. My gosh. Just connect it. 
You can use cellular data right on the app. Works just fine. You are acting like there was no solution to your problem. You're acting like DeAndre Ayton right now. What do you mean? <laughs> Ice, what am I supposed to do? Something happened with how him am then? I supposed to leave the house? You sent me a text the other day. Is this real? DeAndre Ayton scratched from the game because he's not able to leave his house to make it to Moda Center. Yeah. 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 No, he couldn't make it, okay? So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably that's probably it, right, for the season? Is that like that's it? it? We're done? Got the mail on it in? That's yeah, the I don't think we have to spend more time on the trouble. I mean, we do right now because this story is hilarious, but, like, I think this goes back to just like more furthering my point of like <laughs> you don't have to pay attention to this team. Yeah. Like you really don't. There like, are better things to do yeah, with your time. Like you can you can you can improve your life. You can spend the time you would um watching a Blazers game on a network that your cable provider probably forced you into premium paying for because middle finger to them. And you could take that time and you could do something say with your family. Don't have a family, perhaps better improve yourself by learning new skills or yeah. exercising a little bit more to stave off heart conditions, which many Americans do suffer from because of our Western diet. The point is, let's pretend the Portland Trailblazers are the second most pathetic team in the NBA. Right Ooh, now. who's the most pathetic? That's the Pistons. But whoa, how about the how about the Nets? They're not quite the uh, oh, Nets are they're fine. They're 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 improving in some ways. There's actually something interesting about the Nets. Right? Really? Tell me what is it? Well, I think it's the way that they play. I think it's Mikel Bridges. I think it's the, everything about the Nets and like what they could get here at this trade deadline. Like, oh, you think they're in they're in a buy now mode? Well, I think that they're either in a sell or buy now mode. They're at a point right now where basically they could say, "Hey, let's write our own adventure and let's set ourselves up." They've, the won, two, they've won two of eight. They did win last night. Yeah, but. The Portland Trailblazers, literally, there's nothing you can do that will help this season or hinder it at the trade deadline. Nothing. The Blazers have won three of ten. Wow. Where incredible. the Nets have only won two of ten. That's incredible. I mean, the, the, the Blazers are on tear. And they yeah. are ahead of the team that everybody thought would be transformed immediately by the greatest player of all time. Wemby shows up to San Antonio. They have seven wins. The Blazers almost doubled their win total. Almost. So let me ask you a question. I think I know where the answer is going to be. Okay. Is let's pretend this is a sports radio show. Uh, we're talking to Portlanders right now. Can I get my sports radio persona on? Please. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Go ahead, Luke. Go ahead. Let me hear it. All right. So you have declared yeah. the Portland Trail Blazers dead. That's right. Okay. So. Season's lost. Mm. If you're a Portland Trailblazers fan, but you're still an NBA fan and you mm. had to adopt a new team, yeah. sports radio guy, who should who should listeners adopt? The Thunder. Go for the Thunder. <laughs> you want to get to the Thunder and you want to suckle that teat. Let me tell you something, man. Second in the Western Conference, SGA on a complete tear right now. Anybody that doesn't like the Oklahoma City Thunder, you can go F off down a hole. Down a hole. Go down a hole. All right. Don't care about you. Don't care about you. Chet, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. He didn't play last year. He's going to win rookie of the year. He's beating Wemby at these time of times. Okay? <laughs> what sports radio personality something. is this? Let me tell you something. Please do. 
The Portland Trailblazers are garbage. We know that. So? They're garbage. They're- go to the Thunder. Go to the Timberwolves. You know, Brandon, Brandon Roy played there. <laughs> yes. He did. So you can you can go to the Timberwolves and you can feel good about it because uh, a former Blazer played there. I know Blazer fans like to do that. They don't let go of things yeah. because they have this weird emotional attachment <laughs> issue to players and people, which is odd. Yeah. Because really, when they were their best, they had scumbags on their team that got arrested for very horrible things, but they don't seem to like those times. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Go to the Thunder. Okay. Okay. So you're telling me uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the only place to go. You're not looking at the former, the the defending champs, Denver Nuggets. No interest? Oh, uh, man. So, did you watch uh, so the yeah, Nuggets Celtics the, game last night? The Clippers? Uh, I did, I, no, I went back and watched some it's highlights good. of it. But yeah, it's very good. It's a great game. Well. I mean the Nuggets. They they go out and they play in big moments, and yeah. they they've been there, done that. Where mm-hmm. Minnesota and Oklahoma uh, has not been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Clippers certainly have not been there. I mean, you look. No, at but the, they are getting there. Clippers, I would dare say, yeah. are the best team in basketball. They right could now. be. Yeah. I mean, they have been on an absolute tear. They've got the Hall of Famers all over the court. Well, it's not only just the fact that you have Hall of Famers across the court, but the Clippers are like somehow convinced James Harden yeah. like. Hey, you know, you're actually very good at point guard. Like, you should just do that. Like, yeah. You don't need to score a lot. In fact, Paul George, like, you don't need to have the ball in your hand. You're actually way better off the ball. And uh, please, basketball gods, do not let anything fall upon Kawhi Leonard injury-wise. Yeah. Yeah, the Clippers are one of the best teams in basketball right now. Well, it's now. a great story, too, because yeah. it, it felt like they just kept adding toxic personalities to it. Yeah. But, it, you know. Maybe toxins mix well with toxins, and they've figured out whatever the formula is, and it's kind of fun. I mean, the rest of the NBA, outside of the Portland Trailblazers, are you willing to say that it's worth watching? Of course. Well, there are people that are saying that it's not. I mean, the NBA right now is, well, it's kind of weird right now, right? What's weird about it? Well, Boston has not been a consistent team over the last couple of years. They've they've gotten close but they haven't been able to win anything. The Lakers are 500-ish. You've yeah, got Yeah, we're talking about this season, right? Yeah, I'm talking about this season. I'm right, just saying so what do you mean about the last couple of years? Well, the the storylines that you have going into this year, you have a defending champ in Denver, the Warriors are down, the Lakers are down. So it's a bunch of new teams. I'm just saying that I've talked to people and they've said that the NBA is awful to watch right now. Well, that might be partly influenced by the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I but... think it's probably definitely influenced because I know the people yeah, that you talk fair. to. Yeah, and I know that I you're know on all a... the people. No, that I do to. because I know what you're talking about. You're no, talking I'm not talking about, about that. No, I'm not text talking about. No, I'm of, not talking about delusional text idiots who. <laughs> that is not the one that I'm, I'm speaking. Who of. can't? Who who can't unf their brains to like <laughs> recognize that what they're being served? I think my major problem with the Portland Trailblazers, and we are getting it on the Vancouver Ford text line. Please quit talking about them, but I can't. <laughs> I can't because I need to convince people of this so that they can better their lives. You really don't have to consume the crap they're giving you. You just don't. Like, in fact, they're not trying very hard in terms of giving you entertainment. They're they're just kind of like, they're kind of putting it out there. And then they go, well, this makes money and they're stupid. They'll watch it. Eh, Just leave it as it is. We don't need to fire Chauncey Billups at all, even though he lost... Uh, six games in two weeks by an average of 30 points. This is a rebuild. This is what rebuilds look like. They're trying to be the 76ers who the process won't win anything anyways. Uh, no, but they are. I mean, they're, they're, they're hearkening back to like, you know, if you can't win with the team that you have, 
blow it up and rebuild it. And that's kind of where they're at. Now, what I'm anxious about is, are they going to do anything over the next couple of weeks at the trade deadline? What 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 would... Add what, picks. What's the... Add um, picks. Oh, add, add picks. Yes. So you're on the picks train now. Why not? You are... You're in a rebuild. You have been Jeremy Grant. solely against picks for so long. Well, yes, when they had Dame... If you're going to keep your best players around, try to surround him with good players. His timeline different than Scoot and Shaden and Ant. Yes, go get picks. So here's the issue that I have with even just the narrative you're painting around the team. Okay. You're saying this is a total rebuild, right? Yes. Now, what about a total rebuild? What what about this team says total rebuild to you? Just on its face value. And uh, coach without that. experience, players without experience, uh, younger players without roster. experience. Yeah, is that young, right? Yeah, and a younger Anthony roster. Simons. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton, who's played in the finals. Sure. Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, these are the okay. guys that should be on the Not trading experience, block, right? Okay, who said so? Those guys which, should be on the trade block. Which wait, one? wait, the ones we traded for, right? Well, yes. That's yeah. kind of how it works, is you try to add assets of equal value right. so you can trade them later. Right. If somebody needs a big man who is allergic to ice, <laughs> then DeAndre Ayton is your guy. He's you a guy, he he's a center that's played in the final. But if somebody is looking for size, fantastic. They're looking for, for perimeter scoring. That will, What are they willing to give up for Anthony Simons? I'm listening. Nothing. I'm listening. They won't give up Anthony I, Simons. Fine. I would you know still... why? Because they view him as the center point of the franchise. Fine. Malcolm and that's Bro- a problem. Malcolm Brogdon had 30 last night. He is 30. I'll listen. 37 sure. for Jeremy Grant. He's also 30. I'll listen. This is all. Oh, you're not going to get rid of Jeremy Grant. Why not? Dude, his contract's inflated. And in fact, he's came out to the news media and he goes, I don't want to leave. Okay. He goes, I don't want to leave here. What are you getting for? And this is the problem with the Again, assets. You I have. am just listening. Like, not... like the the team you put together, they actually on paper you look at it and you go, oh, that's kind of a good team. In fact, it was kind of encouraging when they got DeAndre Ayton and Brogdon. I go, wow, they're I... going to try to win. Yeah, well, not just like they're going to, you know, they're not going to go for like you know a, a home court advantage in the playoffs. But I go, that team can get in the play in. Okay, like that seems like a good team. They're awful. Well, they that is shocking. <laughs> well, That's the part about this. You what? think this is a rebuild in terms of like Pistons, where like they just don't know what the hell they're doing and they're trying to figure it out, or like, or like the Raptors, where they're kind of selling stuff off and you can just see like it, it's bits and pieces. But like, if you put this team on paper, they and that's what makes this so pathetic. They should be far better than this, like way better. Like yeah. I'm not saying really good, but you should be middle of the pack. Really? And if you touted Scoot Henderson this much and he's not that good, that might also be a problem. Well, it will definitely be a problem. That's why you're going to want to surround it with (laughs) picks. With with picks? Well, yes, you're going to need to go out and get this team better with youth. You have have all these young guys that are Mm. getting minutes. And you have a bunch of guys that have missed a lot of time. Jeremy Grant has missed time. Ant has missed time. DeAndre Ayton has missed time. You are not going out there with a full roster. I don't think you're in win-now mode because there's not a star on this team. Who's who's your best player? Ant? How close is he to being a superstar in this league? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he will be. Jeremy Grant? I don't think he will be. Neither do I. So if you don't have a star, you need to find one. You're not. Nobody's going to give you one. Well, I think so you they have to find that. one in the draft. You tried it once and you're done. Well, that's we tried what... it with Scoot. It didn't work, so we're done. Oh, right. And what did they mortgage for that? Damian Lillard. 
What were they? They literally winning? mortgaged everything around Scoot Henderson, dude. They drafted were... him while they had Damian Lillard and knew that they had to trade Damian Lillard and go. Yeah. Okay, this is the number three overall pick. We are centering our future around this guy. Sure. Let's use this already superstar to go get some assets to make him better. Yeah. So you're trying to tell me in a roundabout way they went and got assets that then they'll turn into other assets? Yeah, that's how it works. I don't think that's how it works. Yes, how would it not be how it works? Because you don't make one trade and go, well, that's it. It didn't work. We're done. No, but if you make that massive trade where you acquire three very good veteran players, yes, yes, you would hope they kind of build around the guy you drafted. Why the hell did you get him anyway? Why didn't you go to another team and go, hey, no, we're not moving on Damian Lillard until you give us what we want, which in this case, what you're saying is I want picks. I want four first-round picks. I don't care where you get them, but get them for me. The, and they would have done it, too. They could have been able to do it. But the franchise goes, let's surround talent around Scoot Henderson right now. Because as we're seeing with the Spurs, what can happen is if you don't do that, immediately things kind of go bad in the beginning. Yeah, and but, they tried it, and it's going bad. So what do you do? Well, what's the next move, then? What's the next move? Yes. <laughs> You, you fired, you fired, uh, <laughs> you fired, yeah, fire you fired coach Chauncey, and or you get rid of the people that have value on your roster right now at the trade deadline where there are teams going out there trying to make moves. That's what you do. And uh, who's going to trade for DeAndre Ayton, my question? I don't know. I would love to. That's I really would love it to be uh, Minnesota where he can't get out of the driveway. Yeah, I don't know about that. Who's yeah. going to trade for Malcolm Brogdon, by the way? Put up 30 last night. Yeah, my, well, he sure did, didn't he? He sure did. He's Who's going to trade for Jeremy Grant and his contract, by again, the way? Again, I, if if I had all the answers, I would be a GM. Oh, my god! What I'm telling you is you don't stand pat. If you want to fire Chauncey Billups, fine. Do you really think that's going to make an impact this season or next? I think it could make a huge impact next season. This okay. season it won't because the season's lost. Then you can do it at the end of the thing. You're, you're sure, still going fine. to go out in free agency. You're probably going to make trades. But what I'm saying is right now, as you approach a trade deadline— the assets that you have on this team, the veteran players that you're talking about, have more value right now in the middle of the season than huh. they do at the end of the season. That's all I'm saying. This is my point. Yikes. You want to move on to football? So, wait. do you? And I, Yes, but I, <laughs> I just want to uh, clarify one thing. So, you think that Scoot is good enough to run the show, right? No. So, we're going to let Scoot run the show with young talent? How's it going right now? It's going really bad because our coach is horrible. <laughs> okay, fire the coach. Yeah, fire fire him in the fire middle of the coach. fire him in the middle of the season. Yeah, I think okay. now's a perfect right. time. I mean, your center couldn't get out of his house. <laughs> that was not but the apparently the fault. apparently the the beloved reporter with a broken leg who lives right near the center who couldn't get out of his house because she got out. She got yeah. there in time. She did she her was, job, and she was staying on the sideline with yeah, a broken foot, reporting great. on it. Yeah, dude, I I just. I think that the, the and I've heard this from other Blazer fans, this same line of thinking that you're putting out here right now. What? I just this whole thing. Of that, like, that, yeah, you know what? Keep the, the roster de- intact and get yeah. rid of the coach. I, no, at the trade deadline, you know, let, let's just try to gather more assets sure. so we can build around Scoot. How's Scoot doing? You think? Uh, did, did I say that you need to build around Scoot? Yes, at what you point? Do. No, I didn't. I said get but it more picks. Matter. You have to. He's yes. the third overall pick. Fine. You don't have a choice. But if you have picks and you can find another, if you can move up in another draft, I know this year is not a good one. If you have future picks and Scoot is not the guy, guess what? You can bring somebody else in. Oof. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, man. You're, you're saying wave the white flag. 
And I'm saying on your coach. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But how's that going to change your roster? Because I think if you get a confident dude in there who knows how to actually run, I mean, can you, can you describe to me their offense in any way? Like what is their offense? Uh, It's ISO. It's ISO. ISO. So it's not an offense. It's not very much of an offense. Yeah. I think that's kind of coaching. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. So you have like one of the best rebounding and double, double centers in the league who seems disinterested in playing for you, probably because of the coach. <laughs> you have a veteran point guard who can put up 20 to 25 a night if you need him to. And you have Jeremy Grant, who's one of the most versatile players in the league. And you have a rookie who has shown flashes. And if you listen to the media reporting on Chauncey Billups, he doesn't sound very smart. He gets asked <laughs> basketball questions, and he just goes back to effort. And to yeah. me, that screams, I don't know what's going on. I just I tell the guys to get out there, and I give them some ass slaps. And- <laughs> We all go out and have some fun. <laughs> I'm tired of it. I'm so love, tired of this I just love that you think this roster's ready to go with any other coach. They're just not, not ready to go. Again, could be better. And okay, you could okay, mature. Okay. And you could get better. Dude, it is depressing how bad they are this season. Depressing. Oh, they should be. Way, that's the part of all this. They should be way better. No, they should. Yes. This is what a rebuild looks like. Oh, you are boy. confused. Yikes. Yeah. You have some good NBA players on a team without any stars. You're not going to have an all-star. You will not have one next year, probably. And you probably won't want to have one the year after that. There are none on your roster right now. The two guys that have potential to do it is probably Shaden, maybe Ant. And if Scoot somehow turns a corner, maybe with new coaching, might be an all-star in the future. But right now, as constituted, your roster stinks. And if people are willing to overpay to get one of your guys, you listen. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it is the divisional round, and we have been gifted uh, great games by the football gods. Uh, So we'll start with the first game. Uh, There's one today. It's a Saturday. I know. What? It's a Saturday, but they're playing. We'll talk about that next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. That's right, we be tailgating. If you want to share your thoughts uh, on uh, the sweet chance takes that uh, Will is splashing out there, uh, please use the Vancouver Ford text line. All texts on the fan or via the Vancouver Ford text line. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Uh, visit them online at VancouverFord.com. Uh, also, uh, some news. I don't know if you know this, but uh, 1080thefan.com, if you go on there right now, uh, you can sign up your threesome, not foursome, your threesome for the 1080 The Fan Winter Golf Classic. This is going to be at X-Golf, indoor golf, uh, the way it was meant to be, you know, the game in as it was envisioned by the Scots when they invented it. Indoors. Uh, in Vancouver or Tualatin. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Uh, there is a noon round, a 4 p.m. round. Uh, Danny and Dusty will be live in Vancouver. Isaac and Suke live in Tualatin. Uh, we'll have prizes. The whole thing's going to be awesome. Just go to 1080thefan.com to sign up today. You should do that. Do you know what else is going on today? Uh, football game. Football. Two football games. Football. Today, the, can football. I just say that this could not have set up any better? It's a divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Hmm. Four games. Mm. 
And I think they could not have put them in a better order. So I don't know who is running things for uh, the scheduling part of it, but you're starting today at 1.30, Texans at Ravens. Mm. This game has the most potential to be lopsided, in my opinion. Oh, really? I think so, but if it goes the other way, it has potential to be the best game of the weekend. Only slightly behind that is your 5-15 game today, which is the Packers-Niners. Yeah. Like, if you, when you, like if both games were the one seed ran away with it, I wouldn't be terribly surprised. But if either the Packers or the Texans can give you just a fight and a last chance hope in the fourth quarter, dude, I'm all in. Well, I'll tell you this. I think that for the Texans, there's a lot more momentum riding into this. And quite honestly, I think that Ooh, we were a okay. bit over our steez on the Browns. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and I think that became very obvious once Joe <laughs> very Flacco. Quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we really saw Joe Flacco, like, you know, being Joe Flacco, I don't know how he came back down to earth, but he did. Yeah, um, unbelievable. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. Um, the game plan for Joe Flacco. Yeah. They had four weeks of tape and went, Oh, yeah. They looked quite average, and uh, I think that that's what's kind of skewing, for me at least, this uh, Ravens-Texans game is because of the fact that I don't, I don't think the Texans were challenged whatsoever <laughs> in any way. I think no, they kind of came in there, they had a game plan, and it worked to perfection, and then they just continued to run that. There was yep. no adversity or anything. Nope, and so, I would agree with that. You know, you look at that game, and you can almost kind of just scratch it off the list. What I would say is looking back at their Week 18 game against the Colts yeah. is really where you saw the metal. You saw, like, the grit of that team and how they might be able to go on the road and win a pivotal game like that. Now, given the Colts weren't a great team, the fighting Minshews weren't exactly the most uh, difficult opponent for them, but it was a pressure-cook situation. Sure. You were on the road, and a playoff berth was on the line. You literally were winning you're in. And so now they go into this situation again with probably a more uh, formidable crowd and a definitely more formidable opponent in Lamar Jackson, who has had a lot of rest. Other side of that, there's a lot of bad history in Lamar Jackson getting a lot of rest before playoff games. Well, the other trouble, too, though, is there's a really mean defense on the other side of the ball from Lamar Jackson. Efficient. Yeah, I mean, the the Ravens' defense might be the best part of their team. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson is probably going to win the MVP, but the the way that the Ravens have shut people down. Now, here's where it gets really interesting is that was the same thing for the Browns. They were going in with a historic defense. What Joe Flacco did was great, but he did it on the opposite side of a team that was one of the best we've seen. I mean, in the league, they were absolutely shutting people down. Miles Garrett was unstoppable. He got in the playoffs. Did you hear his name called other than where's Miles Garrett? No, oh, yeah. this game. I mean, it, that was the thing about the how, game plan, how efficient. Yeah, but yeah. how efficient they executed it. Yeah. I mean, you have a, a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, and they go out and they can win. So if they can keep it close, and you get into the final moments of the game, and CJ Stroud has a chance, yes, please sign me up. Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be incredibly yeah. exciting, and it's also just like take the teams out of it and just do the quarterback matchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they are very different. Uh, um, very different. Uh, players obviously in very different playing styles though i would argue lamar jackson has uh really settled and matured into his own as a quarterback he doesn't run first really anymore he's very much about yeah but when he runs second it's still know, very it's, lethal it's insane but like the the careers are kind of correlating in terms of their timelines for me now i know lamar jackson didn't have i think his rookie year he split time with flacco and was kind of like 
in and out of the lineup. So you kind of you throw that out the window and you give his true first season. It's similar to what you have with CJ Stroud and that like it kind of came out of nowhere. Like you think when Lamar Jackson went into the NFL, it was very 50 50 on like, would he be a success? Yeah. Because you just looked at the college tape and you go, well, I mean, yeah, he runs really well. And you know, Vic was able to do that, but you know, you don't get a lot of Michael Vicks, yeah. but he was able to prove everybody wrong. He's proven the Ravens wrong. He's gotten his contract extension and now he's coming into a, a pivotal playoff game where literally the stars are just aligning for this team. The, the, the Ravens have it all at this point. The defense is very good. They have the uh, veterans that are contributing in perfect points where they're just hitting their peaks. Couldn't be better. The young team who wasn't challenged much in round one of the playoffs going into the number one seed, who is well-rested, has weapons like we've never seen on the offensive side of the ball and a great defense. Sounds very much like the late game as well. Uh, That will be uh, the Packers at the 49ers. Uh, We'll talk about that here in a second. The other two games that you have in order is the noon kick tomorrow on NBC. It's like the redemption game. Buccaneers at Lions. And then, dude, the nightcap. That's going to be a weird one. It will be a very weird one. I don't know what the hell to think about that. We'll get into it. Well, and then here's the game that everybody circled on their calendar. 3.30. I love the 3.30 Sunday Mm -hmm. kick time. Chiefs at Bills. I mean, this weekend just set up perfectly well. We'll get into Packers 49ers, but first we need to bring you this Sports Center update. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Duckins on 1080 The Fan. Try welcome back in. It's us talking about things. What up? What? I said, what up? What is up? I don't know, actually. Late game today, uh, the Packers uh, maybe had the most uh, surprising result in their game, but less about the Packers, more about the Cowboys seems to be the uh, mantra up until this point. 49ers just sitting there waiting to pummel whoever comes through the door. You giving the Packers any chance in this game? Some. Some, because they're playing? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they're going to go out there, they're going to throw the pads on, and they're going to give it their best effort. I mean, I think there is something to the whole, you know, too much rest thing. And it very much applies, at least in this situation, because you're playing a team that is so friggin' hot. And young, youngest team in the NFL. Yes, young and hot. You know, they won six, I think, six of their last seven. And they rolled into the playoffs in a way that you just kind of had a feeling that they could do something special. You know, we talked before the show, and we said the Cowboys' loss was very predictable. Well, yeah. It was, because that's what they do. They lose (laughs) in the playoffs. But... It wasn't predictable to the point where everything would run so incredibly smoothly for the Packers. What I thought was very interesting was this week, you know, uh, the Packers are uh, uh, structured as an old-timey football team, meaning they don't have an owner. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They kind of do, but it's more you have shareholders. Yeah, which I love. Yeah, you buy into the team, you're a shareholder. And so they're, just like any other company, there's shareholder calls. And so Brian Gunnikuns, the team GM and president, however that whole thing is uh you know fashion official title yeah yeah he went on the call and he said you know we're really excited about this team blah 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 but he came to this one line where he goes and what we're most excited about is the fact that our head coach matt lafleur 
now has the ability to show his offense for what it really is. The, the, and uh, yeah. many people interpreted it as another dig at Aaron Rodgers, which, <laughs> you know, hey, might as maybe, well. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Maybe but... it is, maybe it's not. But I think that there was something really valid in it because really the past, the, the last two or three seasons with Rodgers, you could tell that offense was just kind of like backyard football. Yep. And because Rodgers didn't have the physical abilities that he had early in his career, it more oftentimes looked really bad. But now you have a guy who Jordan Love, who has developed throughout the season, has gone through hardships, and has grown with these young receivers. And now, yeah, you're seeing a fully functional, very effective offense. Being well, run. I think one of the biggest elements, too, is having Aaron Jones healthy. Oh, yeah. Four straight games, uh, rushing over 100 yards, and he looked unstoppable against the Cowboys. When you can't stop the run, it makes it really easy for the pass mm. to to find holes in your defense. And, I mean, the Cowboys' defense was all holes. So. Oh. <laughs> How are you feeling about that, by the way? About the Cowboys? Well, that DC is probably going to be your new head coach. <laughs> Boy, I hope not. Well, listen, the Seahawks already have the worst off, or worst uh, rushing defense in football, so might as well add the worst passing defense to it. So let's go. <laughs> Holy cow. I am not excited about the idea of Dan Quinn being the head coach. Sorry. Uh, we liked him when he was here before. It's not a reason to hire somebody. I mean, it was one bad game. I understand. In the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the only reason I'm not excited about him, though. I mean, he went, he was in Atlanta, and he had a chance where he had, you know, they made it to a Super Bowl. So, hooray there! But there's been a movement of young coaches, and Matt Lafleur. I think it's interesting to watch to see what he's been able to do. It just feels like navigating through a season where you have, you know, this shadow cast over you by the the departure of Aaron Rodgers. You have Jordan Love, who nobody thought would be the guy. And over the last eight games, I mean, pretty oh. easy to make an argument that he's about been the best quarterback in the football in the second half of the year. And, and what, did you see he kind of looks like Rodgers? Did did you see that anywhere? Did you did hear you, anyone say that? that oh, he kind of well, looks like Rodgers and Favre throwing the ball? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But in, to be entirely <laughs> honest with you, the arm strength, having that yeah. the same as Rodgers and, and, uh, and Favre, it's great. But when the ball sails to a wide open receiver and being able to read the defenses, that's what's more impressive. The accuracy when doing so. It's it is. It's been it's been, I think, the biggest surprise of this year. Because they came out early and he looked pretty terrible. Somewhere around fifty percent completion percentage, now closer to seventy for oh. the second half of the year. It's been staggering to watch. Oh, believe you me, I was on the train of that guy is a bust. And I was wrong. I mean, at least for this moment, I'm wrong. Again, we do have to take this with a grain of salt. This is one season, and this yep. is one snapshot. Might I present Mitchell Trubisky, anybody? Because <laughs> uh, it does happen. But, I yep. mean, it seems like they, he has the uh, not only the coaching support, but also the personnel structure around him where he's going to be able to grow and get better. Um, so, I, I, I mean, yeah, you don't, you don't see him coming down much from this plateau. It seems yeah. like he's taken off. Well, going out and just playing well, win or lose, uh, playing well in a divisional round playoff game against the number one seed mm. today is, I think, going to have a lot of people excited for yeah. next year's Packer team. They oh. win this game, and I I think people are going to have to kind of reevaluate uh, where the power lies in this league. And with youth and coaches like Matt LaFleur and – all over the league, mm -hmm. you've got young guys yeah. doing this, and then it makes feeling like bringing in a guy like Dan Quinn 
that you're going the wrong direction. Where the old yeah. graybeard guys just got whooped up on uh, by this, the youngest team in football and a young head coach with a little different approach to things than the same old, same old. Well, uh, this weekend, uh, uh, setting aside this weekend even, how friggin' fun is the NFC North going to be next year? Yeah. Well, the Vikings are still in it. Well, whatever. And I mean, the that's Bears are going to have well, a rookie quarterback. A yeah, they're going to get a, you know yeah, they're going to get no. Caleb Williams. That's going to be exciting. And honestly, and, again, and you know who's their the Bears new OC? should be good the next season. Who's their new OC? Uh, who they are? They're talking to Cliff. Kingsbury. Oh, Cliff, right? Yeah, I heard that. Get Caleb Williams, Cliff Kingsbury, should be fun. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I don't knock on uh, Cliff Kingsbury as a coordinator. Yeah. I think he's an incredible coordinator. Could Not a very a good head coach. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, they, they, he, he was better head coach than I expected him to be. That's true, and he stuck around for a little while, so it should be fun to watch either way. Uh, we do have one of those NFC East teams playing Sunday morning. Oh. That game, weird. We'll talk about it, but first, uh, let's do uh, some good versus evil. We will do that next. It's a sinner and the saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. This coming. I mean, you got to give Green Bay credit. Uh, they came in there hot. And, and this, uh, what you saw on film over the past month, um, you know, they executed and we didn't. Um, so we didn't, you know, we didn't get it done in any of the phases. There's man who I can only presume eats two grand slams from Denny's every morning, Mike McCarthy. He sounds winded. Yeah, he looks winded all the time. <laughs> like, he's a very large man. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> Could you imagine carrying that around all the time? It's like three of you. Uh, what do you think he weighs in at? Oh, Oh man! Well, I gotta know height. Yeah, well, give me his height first, and then I will (laughs) tell. I will guess his weight. You got it. I'm I'm looking. You do your. I'm not gonna do that. I want to. I want to guess this. Okay. Uh, let's see. I've got. Is this the right? Probably like six three. I'm guessing. Yeah, I've got him at uh, six foot. Is this the right guy? I don't think it's the right Mike McCarthy. Oh, yeah, it is. Are you getting an actor? What? No. Yeah, I got him. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Where's Where's my height at? Personal information. 59 years old. Looks healthy. Um, uh, okay. 6'2". Uh, there you go. Six, I've, whoa, height 6'5"? Can't be right. I have 6'5". He's got to be 330. 253 here. That ain't right. Cowboys owner and resident horny, dried up raisin Jerry Jones decided to keep McCarthy despite the Cowboys' abysmal showing in the playoffs last week, losing at home to Green Bay and getting embarrassed. It was equal parts predictable and curious as Jones has a penchant for retaining coaches longer than needed and the factor of so many good candidates on the block. Did Jerry make the right decision in your no. book? No, no, no. Win playoff games. That's your job. Mike McCarthy. 
is, just looks out of touch. He looks unhealthy. I mean, I'm, I don't mean that as a as an insult or to keep bringing it up, but he does. He just looks like the game has passed him by. And you get out there in these playoff situations. I don't care how many games you win. Marty Schottenheimer was a great coach until he got to the playoffs, and he got fired a bunch. So, yeah, I, I think holding on to coaches is a bad idea. Your job is to try to go out and win a Super Bowl. And to do that, you have to be able to win a playoff game, not against just the old shriveled corpse of Tom Brady. Poor guy, this is one of these organizations where nobody ever leaves. See, the same people are here when I was here. The only ones that aren't here are the ones that died. Other than the coaches. I mean, they run them out of here, but... There's my favorite Mike Depp person, Bill Belichick. It's obvious now that he won't be coaching the Cowboys this next season. He should be. He does. That would be, that would be the marriage I wanted to see. Well, he does appear to be taking the interest in the Atlanta Falcons opening. Ian Rappaport reports that the hoodie is going to meet with the team for a second time this weekend. There are some obvious glaring problems with that arrangement, one of which being the lack of a competent quarterback. What do you think? Well, this one is shocking to me, yeah. I mean, I guess the idea is that you go in there and get your quarterback in the draft. I think they pick eight. If I have that right in my head. But that means Bill Belichick's there for the long haul. He's there for the the length of a four-year contract, not just to get the 15 wins he needs to take over the number one most wins ever spot for a head coach. Like, it sounded like he wanted to, uh, which would be, hey, let's go to the best team that's out there. But he wants to go and put a stamp on it. I, I I guess if that's what he wants to do, go for it. I mean, to get the win title, it's actually smart because you're going to the worst division in football. And well, just yeah, but divisions good change coaching, so quickly. Well, that one's not. Uh, I mean, we'll the see. Panthers. Yeah. Well, Baker Mayfield's got it humming. Humming. Tampa yeah, Bay. I mean, that's probably your challenge. Let's go, baby. And there's not really a lot going on with the Saints. All I'm saying is that if you get Belichick in there. Saints are hiring uh, Gruden as their OC, huh? I know, that's so good. Come on, man. Let's go. What was that whole email thing again? Ah, uh, yeah, I can't recall. Don't worry. Ah, uh, it's in the past. Let me tell you what, man. That's not a big deal. Uh, the analytics tell teams to do it. Hard count. Nobody budging. And on time out. Uh, that's Nick Sirianni yelling at an NFL ref. Good for the him. Philadelphia Inquirer reported this week the Eagles head coach met with owner Jeffrey Lurie and GM Howie Roseman this week. Uh, they predictably imploded it against the Bucks last week as they have lost an intense amount of games before <laughs> the playoffs. Should Philly fire Nick and hire Bill? Belichick, that is. Ah, well, no. Um, Nick Sirianni had his team... Oh, where did they go last year in the play? Oh, they went to the Super Bowl. That should buy you at least a year. In Philadelphia, they like firing coaches. Doug Peterson won them the Super Bowl and was fired only a couple years later as well. But he also lost both coordinators. Uh, give him a chance to go back and run it back one more time. Uh, and Bill Belichick doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. I mean, if he's going to Atlanta, it's because there's less scrutiny. The media out there, the division... All the reasons that uh, Philadelphia is a great place, uh, you know, for fans to be able to yell and scream are all the reasons you don't want to be listening to them yell and scream at you. I don't think you want to fail in Philadelphia as your final run. Well, the division, I don't think it's too much of a problem. Yeah, you only have one team to worry about. The division has so much uh, heat on it. I would, I mean, if he's going to go to a team there, you go to Washington, who hasn't had any success of, as of late. But I think the expectations of Philadelphia, 
Plus, the, you know, they were in a Super Bowl a couple years ago. I think if Bill Belichick go, goes to Atlanta and fails and gets his 15 games and goes off in the sunset, fine. But going to Philadelphia where you're going to play New York twice, you're going to play Dallas twice. Washington, I don't worry about as much. Uh, but there's high-stakes games all the time, and the media would be all over it. The media follows the NFC East way more than anything else. Yeah, for reasons I'm never quite sure. The media markets. <laughs> I mean, it's Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys, who are not on the East Coast, but are adopted in there. Uh, and then New York, Philadelphia, and Washington. It's, it's well, I don't market. think anybody follows Washington. Plus, if you go back to the 90s, all three of those teams have Super Bowls there. So Yeah, that's true. So, I, No, Philadelphia didn't have one. But, all, yeah, the other three did all right, time for my favorite story of the week. And this one comes from the world of music. Yeah. I like music. I love music. Do you? What type of music are you into? All of it. Oh. Yeah. Let me play some Boz Skaggs for you. Please do. I don't have it. Yeah. All right. Bummer. All right. Here's your headline. Concert goers sue Madonna over show starting late. Wow. How late did it start? How cold was it? Okay. Two New York City men wanted to get into the groove of a Madonna concert. Now they're suing the pop star for starting her show late. Perhaps encouraged. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. All right. The tickets uh, said the show began at 8.30 p.m. Okay. But Madonna did not take the stage until sometime after 10.45. Every time I go to a concert, I'm like, when is this thing actually going to start? Okay, I'm really glad that you said that okay. because actually this is the one problem I have with concerts. Sure. And I have I have floated this idea and I've been shot down by quite a few people and I, I've never floated it to you, which I'm okay. kicking myself because I think you'll entertain it. Okay. Will you like it? Probably not. But you'll <laughs> tell me what, what you think. Okay. I would like a shot clock at a concert. Okay. I would like a clock that once that person gets on stage tells me how long they're going to be on there Ooh, like a countdown yes oh i want a countdown clock because my biggest problem with concerts is and this is i get it very curmudgeon of me but sure. also take this into account i don't drink or take drugs anymore <laughs> and when i'm there when you listen to live music like that after about 20 minutes you're ready to go home Ooh, it's like really? this is great, but then by the end, I'm kind of like. It depends on who the artist is and, yeah. and how big their catalog is. But I'm just kind of like I'm ready to go. This just, has been good, but I want to yeah. leave. Yeah, I just like the idea of the opener starting at six. Like, if somebody really wants to see the new up and coming band, get out of work early. Like, I don't care. Mm. Just start at. I don't need this eight o'clock. Like, be oh, doors open at six. Opener goes on at 7.30. Mm-hmm. We'll do line dancing in between. And then the headliner, the, the second opener will go on at 9. The headliner goes on at 10. Who, uh, who needs that? My wife, uh, I think she was talking about New York City. Have you heard of New York City? Is that near Boston? I think this is where they're doing it. They are uh, opening a nightclub that opens at 5 p.m. and closes at 10 p.m. So you can go and get all the energy of it. So I don't know that they have the shot clock in there, but doors open at 5, and it closes at 10. So your crescendo is two hours before midnight. You can keep going, but just know, like, hey, if this is the one place you're partying, we're almost done. That I kind of like. 
So if you want to be the there, vibe anyone, there. I, I think I it's, think that's the hard part. I well, I think it's millennials. I think it's people like you that want to go. Like, hey, I still like going out and dancing. I like having a good time. I'm not drinking. I'm not getting high. I'm just gonna go out, yeah. want to dance, bring my wife out, bring two of my girlfriends out with them, and we're out of here. Yeah. And then we're out of here. Yeah, actually, I like that. Yeah, that's good. So, but it's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. Where, where it's not just that they open early, because anywhere can open early. But if they're open till two in the morning, like when I was 21, I lived in Vegas. We wouldn't even leave the house until one in the morning. But it was Las Vegas. Everything was open. It was open all the time. Most of us worked night night mm-hmm. shifts and, mm-hmm. and did whatever. And so it worked out just fine. But for people that have real jobs and wake up at, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning, closing by 10? Let's Good go. idea. Appeals I could get home by 11. Millennials, Gen X. Let's go out. Have a good time. You can still tie one on. And then you know you're just not going to have that, uh, you know, threat of having to stay till till the place closes down. Or you do. It's yeah. Fun. That's a good idea. And I, again, this is why it brings me to the the, the concert shot clock. Yeah. I, I think that it would help because I can I can kind of know, like, what am I in for here? Yep, I got you. Because they already got me in. That's the beauty yep. of concerts and uh, making money is that I already paid for the ticket. Once I pay for it, they could care less what I do with it. So, like, once I'm in there... If I'm getting bored and I look up at the shot clock and we still got 40 minutes left, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm going to stick around until about 12, maybe 20 more minutes and then I'm going home. Yeah. And they could put extra time on for like an encore. Yeah. That's fine. Well, it's like, like, that's, it's like a soccer It's time. like a soccer clock. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, I don't need the extra time. Like, you don't have to put extra time on for the encore. Like, once once the clock goes down, if you're in the middle of a song... Like you need to finish that one yeah. and then you're done and then you can go on and do your encore and you know, your encores are usually like one or two songs. So that's yeah. fine. I but I, I just want the clock. I just want you to start on time. I like, that's really, honestly, I don't care. I don't care how late it finishes. Cause if, if the set is good, I will stay, mm. but it's, it's that you go to see an artist and you have to watch two people you don't want to see before they go up. And you're just like, oh, can we move on? Oh, cool. Now uh, the two openers are doing a mashup before they go on there. <laughs> now we have to wait for the roadies to come out and reset the sound so it actually sounds good for the headliner. Like, that's what I don't want to sit through. Though That's where it gets tough for me. I fall asleep at a lot of concerts, too. I go to concerts. I'm happy Excuse to fall me? asleep. Oh, yeah. I went to uh, Lumineers, fell asleep. I went to uh, who else did I fall asleep at? Uh, another one. And my wife always makes fun of me. But if it gets too late. I'm fine as long as I wake up and the artist that I came to see is still playing. But I remember years and years ago, we got uh, tickets. My, my, I think my mom was going to go to Eric Clapton. And for whatever reason, she couldn't use the tickets. So she gave them to me and my wife. And we go to see Eric Clapton. And as soon as he started playing, you go, oh, this is why he's a legend. And then my wife kept going, like, how much longer do you think this is going to go? I'm like, well, he hasn't played Crossroads. It'll probably be the encore. Because <laughs> I knew so many songs. But, you don't like, I don't think about his catalog. And I don't sit there and be like, all right, well, let's put this, 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 whatever. But I'm like, I'm enjoying the show. I'm staying until he's done with the Crossroads. Of course, it's the last encore that he does. Yeah. And then he walks off. And it was great. And it was worth staying around. But if somebody goes on and they sound a little off, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of know these songs. I saw Bob Dylan at... Uh, at Portland Meadows one time. What year? 
this would have been like 2001 or two, maybe. Okay, so still probably good. No, it was terrible. Oh, really? oh, it was terrible. Yeah. And it was Phil Lesh that opened for him. So it was just like, yeah. it was very stoner vibes uh, yeah. leading into it. And then he just went up there and he kept getting in these weird rock poses. And then he was playing his song. I'm like, I know this song and I can't understand what he was saying. I was ready to leave like four songs in. I'm now like, you've heard Sook's take, right? Like Sook saw Dylan live and like filleted. I've not heard his take. Oh, you should ask Sook about it. Okay. Sook had an incredible rant about watching Bob Dylan live and how he wanted his money back mm. and how pissed off he was. It was, was. terrible. Yeah. But you know what? He started on time. It was at Portland Meadows. I think he started before it got dark. I was like, <laughs> I got to get out of there. So I was like, cool, let's go do something else. I, I don't, like, if you're going to have a bad show, whatever. I don't care. It doesn't bother me that much. Um, but, yeah, yeah if, this... you, if you're paying top dollar for it and you have to wait, eh, you know what? I hope these guys win, and then it, we can sue all these artists into starting on time. Uh, Vancouver Ford text line, uh, 5032GoFan. Uh, it's the rugby clock. Once time expires, the game will end after the team with the possession loses possession. So okay, there you go. Yeah, once I got the you. time expires, yeah. the concert will end after the current song is finished. Yeah, after the current artist is finished. Like if somebody's just well, feeling it's, it? that, that that's the clock. Yeah, I, and I again, that's what I would say too is that your opener, the clock doesn't start. Yeah, because I think that's just kind of accepted that the opener will play two to four songs you know and that's kind of you it. know who played a really good set uh recently uh december to remember our sister station 94 mm-hmm. 7 does december to remember portugal the man played at the crystal ballroom they front loaded their set with all of their hits then they kind of oh. went into a jam session mm-hmm. and then it was like it, it was kind of like if you want to leave go for it we're gonna hang out and play some more but you've heard all the stuff that you really wanted to hear, huh. and it sounded really good. And then they're like, we're just going to kind of riff, and it's going to be fun. And if you want to hang out and you love the band, cool. But they could have almost, like, it almost sounded like they could have went, all right, that's all the hits. Now we're just going to hang out. If they would have said that, I'd have been fine with that. But everything else got a little bit more. I was kind of okay with it. That's, not that's all the hits. Now uh, Dylan up here is going to eat a sandwich. And- well, but would you rather have that or go and be like, all right, I know that you guys came to hear all of the great Rolling Stone songs that we've recorded over the year, but we've got a new album coming out, so we're going to play that for about 45 minutes. Then we're going to get into to Paint It Black. Boy, Ready? That, boy, that thing's a stinker. Yeah. Their new album. I did. Do they have a new album? They did, yeah. came <laughs> out like two months ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did not try. I didn't even try. I know. I Why just, would you? you know what? It, it's Tattoo You. That's it. You can just there end you your Stones listening there. You don't okay. need to listen yeah. to more. I, I mean, but if they go and they play all the hits, yeah. If yeah. you play everything in your yes. catalog from, yeah. Well, and if, you, if, if you play uh, everything from Sticky Fingers to sure to Tattoo You, I will stick around and listen. And, but if you do, but if you go and you you go, you know what? You guys have been such a great crowd. Listen, we're done with all the hits from here on out. It's only new songs, and then you could be like. Cool, thanks. I got what I paid for. I'll see you later. And the guy that's like, I actually kind of like the new album. He can hang out. He can hang out with the Rolling Stones. And if the Rolling Stones decide they're like, well, enough people left, we're going to actually cut it a little bit short. The people that are there can be disappointed in their friends for leaving them. But you know what? That's how they should do it. I enjoy that. I I think that's a good idea, too. I think concerts since COVID need a little bit of a reformation. And I think these two ideas, they play well into it. Okay. Starting on time, more important than finishing on time. Uh, Play the hits early. That was our Good versus Evil. It's brought to you by our friends at 808 Hawaiian Restaurant. 
If you like Hawaiian food, you should go there because it is delicious. If you can't just jump on a plane and go to Hawaii for 24 hours, which I know somebody that is doing that right now and good for them. Uh, but if you can't do that, go to 808. A-T-E-O-H-A-T-E is their website. Two locations, Burnside, Woodstock. Uh, go there today uh, and then eat it while you watch football. That's all you need to do. Hour two, we'll get into the Sunday games, uh, and we may get back into some other sports topics, but we'll see. Let's be honest. Football is king right now, and it should be. This is The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 